0: Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore.
1: I'm Fable, Beth Stedman.
0: I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson.
1: And this is a podcast for writers who love to read,
0: readers who love to write,
1: and anyone who loves words. And now we're going to talk about a book that I definitely cried through.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: I know. I know. Absolutely. But the Uh, best way. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I know.
2: Well, I feel like it's so hard because it does, I, I agree, it's very like, okay, what's going on? I don't understand the jumping around, but then all of a sudden you find yourself like crying hysterically yeah. and you're like, okay, I'm yeah. very much invested in this story.
1: <laughs> yeah. it, it almost it creeps up Okay, on wait, you. before we get too far, <laughs> <laughs> We have, we have some I know we're all really excited. I yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. But we might have to talk about what the book is and who is with us. That's true. So today we're super, super excited because we haven't done this before. We've had authors on, on the podcast, but we've never had a reader on. And we thought it would be really fun to have a reader on to talk with us about our book for the month. So today we have my dear friend Sarah Laverty. And I've known Sarah since I was seven years old. She is like old, old dear friend and absolutely wonderful. She has wonderful thoughts. And I'm so excited to hear her <laughs> thoughts about this book because she picked our book for this month, which is Animal Dreams by Barbara Kingsolver. And it. And Laura and I, had, neither of us had read it before. So Sarah picked oh, this yeah. as one of her favorite books. And we are just like chomping at the bit to start talking about it. <laughs> it's, it's so good. <laughs> Can I ask first, Sarah, like, why did you choose this book? Um, Can you tell us so, a little bit about like the first time you read it or like what made you pick this one? Yes.
2: So I read it for a class in college. So I was forced to read it, <laughs> but it was one of those where I was like, oh, reading is fun. Cause I think in college it's so easy to be like, oh, you're reading to get through stuff or you're reading textbooks and all that. And this class we had spent the year reading, like starting at the beginning of time. <laughs> with like (laughs) Greco-Roman stuff and then working our way. And so this was the last book we read, the most modern book. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I was in a desert of reading and this was like a glass of water once I got into it. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it. I had just turned, let's see, it was my sophomore year. So I had just, I was like 1920 and it just resonated with me that like entering a new decade, even though, I mean- (laughs) 20 years old I look back at myself now I'm like (laughs) you were a baby (laughs) but it just there was just something that just like really spoke to me and it was one of those this is still the book that I bought in college and I didn't sell it back at the end of the semester even as a poor college student that is Uh, saying uh, something (laughs) yes yes which I looked back and I only did that with two books the entire four years this one, and then another one from another year. And so it, just, it was one of those books where I was like, I made so many notes. I have like all yeah. these notes and all this stuff. I was just stuff. looking over all the highlights that I made in the book. Yes. <laughs> I definitely highlighted. And I've gone back and reread it probably 10 or 11 times. Mm-hmm. And I make sure to use a different color highlighter or pen just to I like
1: so you can see think of new things. Too. Yeah. Yeah. times in your life. I can see that this feels like the kind of book that you could reread and get something different out of it each time, depending on where you're at and what you're looking for and and all of that. Mm -hmm. It's just so layered.
2: Yeah. It's definitely one that you go back to and you're like, oh, I don't think I was ready for this part of the story. And you connect with it a different way. Yeah. I'm so glad you all loved it. I yes. get nervous I, I, when I, I oh, recommend recommend You
0: recommend it. a book? <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's funny about your story, Sarah, is actually I've read *The Bean Trees* by Barbara <gasps> Kingslover um, Yes. In a southwestern lit class, so I'm like, the name was so familiar, and then I went through, and I actually had kept my *The Bean Trees* from. The oh, class really? Because I loved her writing in it, and yes, I'd never read this one, but it was i mean her writing is just so there are seeds in there that you don't necessarily like see all the fruit because there's so much of it like there's so much fruit there so it's like i can see how you would need to read it over and over again to kind of get to glean Mm -hmm. everything there yeah, I appreciate how much work this must have been, like,
1: from yes. the author perspective. I'm like, how did you yes. do that? Yes. <gasps> I was, like, so yeah. impressed. I think what you were saying, too, Laura, made me think about how she would use description as metaphor for other things she was saying in the story or the plot. Oh, yeah. You, you don't always like pick it up, but then later you're like, oh, yeah, when she was talking about this type of tree, like this thing that the, the character was observing, like she was actually making a statement that comes into play later on. Does that make sense? Like, those kinds yeah. of things just amazed me. I was like, I have no idea how to do that in a book. Like, to weave that much detail and intricacy into um, both your descriptions of the place and, and the people and the ways that you use that then in the metaphors is amazing.
2: And it's not forced either. It's so nuanced and below the surface. Like even just going back and thinking about, you know, talking about it today, just, I just was struck over and over about the fact that the town's name is Grace. Yes. And just like, I could just like cry just thinking about it and just how there's like a line that says, I don't ever feel like I fully belong, but yet it's my home and I feel like that's just such a statement on how we feel about grace, you yeah, know, in general. Yes. But just stuff like that, where that's just what the name of the town is. But yet, as you read it, you're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they even pull it out, like it almost in like a joke, where
0: they're like, "Oh, Amazing Grace," and yeah, but then it it does have that payoff where it it comes out like almost slightly cynical when they, when it's first talked about, and then it has that payoff in the end. And I, I like that she almost looks at it from both angles where you get to see like the hard side and then you get to see the softer side as well of the different concepts where it's like, it's a joke, but then it pays off. And then all of a sudden it hits you and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize (laughs) that that would have all that meaning tied to it. And then you're crying.
2: (laughs) Right. I know. I know. Or even just like that, they could talk bad about grace but if Mm. someone else did it was like excuse me no like you (laughs) cannot you know just just that ownership
1: but that feels so natural though you know like that's totally how we are with like family members or places that belong to us or things like that and it i think that was the other thing that really amazed me about this book is how she was subtle with those things so it didn't feel forced but also her characters were so natural that they really Mm -hmm. like the comments they made the observations they made felt so grounded in who they were and what mm-hmm, they come about, absolutely. and particularly with the like different point of view from the the main character and her dad, like those chapters were night and day different from each other, as they should be, you know, because those characters yeah, right. were so so different from each other. And yet, she also used those differences to to show these like ways that in which they were kind of mirrors of each other, and like both felt not. Like they belonged and and struggled with some of the same things, but in very different ways. And they noticed very different things. And those chapters were so grounded in what those characters would notice and who they were, which also was super amazing to me. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: And even point of view within those, like the dads is, is that third person and it's present and it's so like tied to time. And it's literally like slipping through time. Just and even the writing style
1: feels like that like it's it's kind of slippery and like the this you know like the sentences are kind of weavy and things just like blend from one to the next and that was amazing to show to show what that might look like to kind of have Alzheimer's absolutely,
0: absolutely. like the writing style like representing the disease yeah I that like blew my mind <laughs> me
2: too <laughs> Yeah, I've I've wondered too, like how she was able to achieve that so effortlessly without because it almost seems like you would almost have to experience that yourself Mm. to be able to write it that well. But obviously she didn't because if you had, then she wouldn't be writing this book, you know? (laughs) So it makes me wonder I've never been able to really find out a ton about like her full backstory. But it it just is interesting to me, like how
1: effortless that was. Yeah. Did she live in Arizona? Because the other thing that felt really how you, like the way she described that, the setting also felt like that. You have to know that. You have to be in this place. Yeah. (laughs) I looked it up. It
0: was like 20 years in Tucson. So I'm like, okay. 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 That makes more sense. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Because I had to do that too. Mm -hmm. She had such a great knowledge of the locations. And to be honest, I've been to Colossal Cave. Like, it's this one random page where she's talking about being (laughs) in a cave with, like, stalactites and stalagmites. And as I was reading it, I'm like, this sounds familiar. (laughs) I looked it up. I totally have been there. Like, (laughs) her understanding of place where setting is also a person, setting when she's talking about Tucson and who she is in Tucson, and then when she moves back to Grace, like, Cody, as a person in each place, is so different Mm -hmm. and so reflective of that place. That that blew my mind.
1: Yeah, and And to well to be able to show those differences and still have a consistent character is exactly because she didn't feel like oh this is inconsistent. It felt like the way that we change when we're with different people and with in different places, which is so true, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's where I think having her dad as kind of that
2: like secondary narrator in a way is like helpful because he does show that for as different, you know, she talks about wanting to like make up these stories for people that she sees Mm -hmm. on the bus and not sure of her identity and stuff. Mm -hmm. It does show that she is grounded. And I mean, that's kind of who she has always been, you know, and I just love that just having that like secondary narration.
1: Yeah, and I think adding yeah. that secondary na- narration also gives you a better view of the ways in which, like, she as a narrator is faulty, like she is yeah. not yeah. a clear judge of her own identity um, right. or her own place in the world, which also I think was so powerful, you know, because like, we all have, we form these opinions about ourselves and these stories oh, yeah. that we tell over and over again, and these loops that we get in of like, this is who I am, or this is what other people think of me, or this is whatever, And it really showed through this book how those were faulty and weren't real, or at least not always based in reality. You know, they were based, Mm -hmm. they were formed rightly like from her experience and you could understand why she did them or formed them, but they weren't always based in, in a full view of reality and giving his perspective really showed that. And I think that was one of the things I really loved about this book, you know, like as an adult, particularly like and now in my late 30s, like trying to piece out my own stories and those own th- those things I tell myself so much that I actually believe them and starting right. to no- notice yes. them and become aware of them so that I can actually be like, wait a second, is this actually true? I think reading this book was really helpful for that, honestly, because it just deals so much with those concepts of like who you are and what who you think you are versus how other people see you and
0: and challenging that narrative that you tell yourself, like yeah. when you get there, I, I loved Hallie's letters because they are, yeah. they are such that breath of fresh air of like, where is Cody gotten it wrong? She's able to actually, since she was there to set the record straight of what happened. And I love yeah. how, even though Cody has told herself a new narrative, how she was impacted her sister so much. Mm-hmm. Like I love the mirroring of that, how Hallie yeah. mirrors Cody, which then gets Hallie to where she ends up being. I love then how almost the narrative comes back around and then changes Cody from that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that's amazing.
1: I agree.
2: Yeah. Just how they are, like, you know, people call them twins because they just were so tied together and that the struggle of being so closely. And I think that all of us can relate with that, with our families too. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: We all come from families that have very distinct, this is who this person is. This is who this person is. You know, and you all have sisters. I don't have a sister. I just have a brother, but just like having that and how you have to fight to figure out yourself, but also in the context of your nuclear family. And then obviously you all have, you know, your own families now, And how that's different even, you know, because Cody was different with Lloyd or with Carlo or. I love that the relationship dynamics,
0: Mm -hmm. like that was fascinating in the who you are in this relationship versus this one and, and what role you are assigned and what ones you assign yourself. Right. And, and then reassigning them when you need to like redefining what they are. For me, I'm like, I totally can relate to that where yes. you almost find yourself stuck in roles that you're like, how did this even happen? And trying to break free of them and, and then falling back into them when it's comfortable scary like to do something else like all of that yeah. there were so many elements of those relationship dynamics that i just found so human and yeah. relatable mm-hmm. on so many different levels
2: Yeah, she's such a good writer <laughs> i mean she just <laughs> yes. captures the humanity of people so well yeah just the nuance that she's able to do that and that you can see yourself on these pages even though obviously our lives are very different from all of these people, but you know, those feelings you just feel in your family or when you go back somewhere or yeah, I don't know. I've even thought about as we're like starting to emerge from this past year that we've had and kind of go back into maybe some more social situations and think about even friendships or social engagements of like, do we just go back to how it was in February 2020 or is there (laughs) going to be a change, you know, like, or just even
1: with relationships, will that have changed this past year? You know, how all the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and about that other person affects those. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's been a good revisit to this (laughs) just to kind of think through even just that process, (laughs) you know, I love how there were so many, um, really unique characters in this too. And, and that like, okay, like all the old ladies at Stitch and Bitches made me so happy. Just, They're just like the cutest ladies ever. They are. I'm like, I'm be friends. Yes. I, I was part of a Stitch and Bitch and Frog for a very short period time. Was I love so, it. So fun. So that was kind of fun. I, I like too that she used Stitch and Bitch, which is an actual thing and you you know, like Yeah. Yeah. And at other times too, there were ways in which she was very specific with her choices and her language. It wasn't just like a knitting group or a, you know, like a thing. It was this particular thing. And I think that adds something to it as a reader, like when you're going through and reading. I think even at one point she told people, or she was talking about how the character would make up stories when she met strangers. And she made this offhanded comment the character did about how people will believe anything if you give them enough details. Yes. And, And I think I thought of that then as as I was reading the rest of the story because as an author she's very good at giving you these very specific details which <laughs> really makes the story just feel so vivid and alive and you're like oh yeah I'm there with you I'm right there yeah <laughs> that's such a good point I think I noticed it too because it's it, something I'm I not think good at absolutely <laughs> anyway I think I'm really bad at those details I like general statements and tend to forget the details so it was a good reminder for me that details make people believe things and and make them come alive and feel real I, I totally can understand
2: that too but also the appreciation of when you don't have to when you have people that know you so well or you know um, I just think of like her friend emmelina that she stays in her guest house and just how she just like walked right into that whole situation and <laughs> You know, and just with the chickens. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the, and the grandma that sweeps yeah. her house. And, <laughs> you know, like there's I, just I just love that part of it too.
0: Well, and it felt like all of a sudden you were family. Like yeah. I, I don't I don't even know how she did it really, but like there's no you know, there it's just like open door, you're here, your family, we're we're making the you know, killing the chickens for dinner. Like it <laughs> it was yeah. It was, and that was really relatable to like old friends. You know, sometimes yeah. you just walk yeah. back in and like, hey, we're just here again. And here's my baby. Hold it. where right. you, you left off, and that was so. It made it a home that she was coming to. Going from one with dead plants and just kind of a dead end relationship, then you see her and you're like, oh, she's home. Like it, she
1: may not see it yet, but it's like you yeah. get it. That's such a good point. Like, it was such an interesting dichotomy for her as she's, like, she's walking up, she's talking about how she doesn't belong, you know, or thinking about how she doesn't belong. Like, all her internal dialogue is all all this, like, I don't fit in, I don't belong, I shouldn't be here. And then she walks into this family and is just, like, welcomed with open arms, even though it's been years, you know, like, since she's seen these kids, that they're running up to her, they're calling her aunt. That's just this, like, very comfortable environment. And it did communicate something to the reader, I think, right away of where Mm -hmm. the story was going to go and what the character needed to learn.
0: Absolutely. And I almost think like even the walking through that orchard, all of a sudden you get this connection to this orchard and the the peacocks. And then you also kind of get where her brain is at with the whole pinata sequence where automatically her brain goes to catastrophe in that Mm -hmm. moment. Like when she has a neutral stimulus, she all of a sudden goes to something terrible is happening violence is happening. relatable (laughs) absolutely it absolutely is but it also is kind of when you're traumatized yeah kind of can tend to be stuck in that place where neutral stimuli you interpret in a certain way and Mm -hmm. i like that without saying anything about any of that she's showing you as you're going through that that
1: oh something something's not quite normal right here exactly and she's foreshadowing things to come later that you don't even see until you know past the halfway mark it was just yeah, but I yeah. Was how they came back around in such a fun
0: yeah. fun and empowering way and that was fantastic where it's like the men are sitting around and talking about what it, you know what yeah. they're gonna do and taking action and they don't and yep. then the women come up with all these ideas and i <laughs> including Dynamite which <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> and I love that Dynamite came up several times that was yeah. just, her humor though like yeah. took me by surprise Where when it would just pop out because there is so much depth to the writing there is so much like subtlety and then all of a sudden something really funny would happen and I would laugh mm-hmm. out loud and mm-hmm. I love that the tone it kept it really kind of in that fun jovial space even though there were hard things you would have those moments sure. that would just totally cut the tension or yeah or bring like a moment of beauty in front of you yeah. and it, it kept making it so enjoyable to read I think even even as you know where it's going I loved those elements because it, yeah. it really kept it in that spirit of I couldn't put it down like literally I like went through it in one day where I'm like,
1: sorry, I'm just sitting in my bed reading my book. (laughs) I I felt that once I got past, actually, you know what it was? It was the scene where, well, I probably shouldn't give this away, but so I won't say exactly, but the scene where she, her dad watches her do something Oh yeah. yeah, that scene. Yes. Like from then on, I was like, I "River." Stop yeah, yes. <laughs> like yes. from then on, yeah. I was just totally yeah. Yeah. engaged and hooked. But I think you're right, Laura, that she's so subtle, like both in her humor and in her description and in her foreshadowing, and like all of it's just really like just under the surface, and you don't see it right away until a little later. But you like see just enough of it to know like oh, something's there. Like even the first couple times she mentions um, what's the guy's name? Why am I drawing a blank? Is it Lloyd. Lloyd. Yes, yeah, Lloyd. Like the first couple times he comes up. Like, the friend mentions his name, and and it's clear, like, there's something there, but you don't really know anything about it, and she doesn't give away anything. Like, even in the character's reaction, she doesn't give away much. It's super subtle and super, like, underplayed but it's just enough for the reader to be like, oh, I'm kind of curious about that until it comes back around later, which I think was a great way to just like build. Like she has such a slow build, but once she gets going, Mm -hmm. it's like this train that like starts really slow and kind of like builds and builds and builds. And then it just like gets away from you and you're like, I can't put this down. There's so much coming together all at once. And all these little things that seem disconnected are all of a sudden connected. And I'm like, wow.
2: (laughs) No, it's true (laughs) because I mean, even thinking about that, you know, they make that offhand remark of, like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you were, like, the only girl in high school Mm -hmm. that didn't, like, fall completely in love with him. Just, I remember reading that sentence and thinking, like, well, who is this? Like, why did she? But then, you know, like, four or five chapters later, you're, like, oh, Oh." there are some (laughs) secrets that people don't know, you know, even from her best friend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I... I love the subtlety of that. There's actually a moment where, like, two, I think two times in, where she does a little check in with her heartbeat. And I'm like, that's strange. Like, uh-huh. and, yeah. and, but it was with two names, like, they mentioned two names. So she kept it really open uh-huh. to interpretation, but, but yep. she gets you to all of a sudden, you notice yourself being like,
1: wait. Like, yeah, it's, it's just enough to make you pause or to know there's something going on there, but not enough to give anything away
2: yeah and I think at that point you're like oh there's like she Cody is like an onion like we gotta peel back those layers so you kind of know like oh there's there's more to the story and you know obviously then finding out about that scene at the river where her dad you know knew what was going on you're like oh there's there's a lot and just even that she was able to she thought
1: keep that from her dad but also from Mm -hmm. her sister and I think that was something that was really interesting too, that there were so many secrets. Like everybody had yes. kind of the, yeah. their own version of the various stories and their own secrets within that. And those got revealed so slowly, which was really amazing. And it kept this tension within the story that really carried you along. And I love that some of those secrets like didn't come out till the very end or till, you know, or told very close to the very end. I was a little disappointed that they didn't ever show her actually telling this her yes. secret, to Lloyd, mm-hmm. um, I know. She just mentions that she had told him, and I don't know. Like, yeah. As a reader, I like went, or as a writer, I went back and forth. Like, is that better that she didn't show that scene or not? And but as a reader, I was a little disappointed. <laughs> I wanted to see it. I, I don't know
2: why. But I imagined it in my intense. head. Yeah, <laughs> <like I definitely laughs> did
1: too. yeah. Because I'm like, I can't just let that pass. Like, I had to imagine it. Um, I I'm the same way. But you know what's interesting? As a writer, I could see how telling that story there like at that point you're already on this downward arc from the climax and you're already like things are wrapping up things are resolving if she had had that conversation with him it would it would be so much so much heavier and it it would feel more like going back up to a climax does that make sense and so Mm -hmm. i can see why it didn't work but it was interesting it was an interesting choice i think but the one i've never really thought
0: about that the one element that i was so glad came out and this is going to sound completely insane is the pills like yes, that is too all the emotion and the like care behind that action
1: yeah. The fact mm-hmm.
0: that it came out like I cried again. At that
1: point. Yeah, I definitely cried at that point. I think that was like the dad was such an interesting character because he is so reserved. So like mm-hmm. he holds so much back and everything is so close to the chest. And so it makes sense like the ways that she then formed stories around that about yeah. him not caring for her. But what you see from his chapters is how much he really does care. And I loved the ways that that as an author she showed compassion in a, from a character that didn't know how to show love really or to some extent. Um in really practical ways like that, which were just fascinating. I thought it, it created a very intriguing character.
2: And you think of how he knew so many more secrets than so many other people because he was a doctor and so he knew yeah. you know what people were. But yet it's so funny that him having Alzheimer's was like the secret that everyone knew, but it was a secret and that they never really talked about it yeah. to yes. anyone else. Like they never even yeah. named it, you know, like just the metaphors of what, I forget who she had encountered on the sidewalk. And she's like, yeah, not all of your dad's tires are on the road or something no. like yeah. that. Like <laughs> yeah. they, they just talked like so around it. And it uh-huh. was just the word that it was supposed to be called. It was secret. Like we can't say that,
0: you know, some of that is so like, it is also very relatable. It's like almost, mm-hmm. yeah, openly admitting it, like admits, you know, like there's a weakness in someone or yes. like it's it's a truth you can't fully accept. Yeah, it
2: makes it true. But, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, exactly. Like all of that, even mm-hmm. with the character himself, like what is said about when it's actually known, like when there's actually a test result, that... Also, was really one. It was very indicative of the characters and how much they cared about him. I think in, in keeping that secret, and making sure that yeah. he was cared for, totally. and I love that all the food is in the fridge. Like yeah. they're, they're still all the mamas are taking care of him. Yes, and that's kind of beautiful. From looking at Grace as that community, that system, that you know character, really yeah. of its own. It was just really beautiful how they showed all of that even when they couldn't admit the truth even when there's like family stories that they're like i'm not going to admit that you're related to me i'm not going to admit this but it it was beautiful how they
2: still showed things even without saying them yeah like they never said why they were bringing food it was just oh it's my day (laughs) to make this pie or you know (laughs) here's a squash pie here's yeah (laughs) I'm gonna go up the hill and just bring you this, and <laughs> just cause. <laughs> and I
0: loved how setting, like nature and animals, they were such a huge part of this story. That, that yeah. they're almost in every single chapter. Like yeah. the, the description of setting is there, but there's also like the setting has such a important impact on the story. The animals, the the dog, which I love the dog Jack. Mm-hmm. Like just, yes. I love that she <laughs> fell in love with
2: the dog like
0: all of that made me so yeah. happy
2: that was like such a sweet little friendship <laughs>
0: it's true <laughs> absolutely like,
2: giving ribs to the dog I loved it yeah i, I yeah. was here for it <laughs> yeah the only thing I had a hard time with was the cockfighting. I was like mm, uh yeah. that just is like so foreign to me mm-hmm. that I'm just but it also was I don't know it I, I did have an appreciation just for, like, that part of this story, you know, that yeah. he brought her to it and, like, explained it to her and, yeah. you know, wanted her to be a part of it. I think he was trying to almost, Lloyd was trying to, like, lead the way there, you yeah. know, and be like, this yeah. is a huge part of me. And not even, like, teach her about, just kind of going back to the same thing. But yeah, it's she's not like so close. Straightforward. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She doesn't share anything with him. And she's so clear that like, this isn't going anywhere that, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm not getting invested here, but he's so quick to kind of counter that with like, well, I'm invested and here's all of me, you know, and who I am. And, and yeah, these parts that I know you probably won't like. Right. (laughs) Which He just keeps showing up. Yeah.
0: And getting like incrementally more vulnerable. Like I love that even when he's risking something and he knows it, like there's several moments where you're like, oh, that must be very uncomfortable (laughs) to be risking that much of you, like even his special safe spaces. I think that's why I liked his character is because if you just look at his past, if you just look at certain elements of his character, even the elements that kind of are violent, you may not see all of those details about him that make him who he is. But I love how... Because he shows up, because he's open, honest, he's even open, un-honest to talk about the cockfighting at a later mm-hmm. point. All of that makes him really likable, even if there's something that you don't really like about his character. Like you still, yeah. I think, can at least feel, feel a connection with him and empathy yes. for him. Yes. And then when that moment is slipped on its head and he kind of recontextualized the violence from that to his past experience. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I was really here for it because I I think sometimes we compartmentalize parts of our lives and mm-hmm. we think this doesn't have any impact on that. But I like how he then all of a sudden saw everything a bit differently through that moment.
1: Well, and this felt like one of those books that nothing was compartmentalized. You know, like everything yeah. was connected to everything else, even in ways you don't realize right away.
2: We truly are who we are, even if we try and like close off what we do for work or you know. I don't know. So I like I'm that, part hide that our He just, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I like that he's like, well, you're going to come with me so you can see it. Like, yeah. and not this, yeah. like, this is what it is. You have to agree with it. You know, like everything that they felt for each other was because they just were there. It wasn't like they even told yes. stories about themselves. It was just like, we've lived it, you know?
0: And I, I like that it was kind of that open messiness of this mm-hmm. is life and it's complicated and we're not going to yeah. agree on everything. We're not going to be yeah. the same person about, you know, and we're not yeah. going to react in the same way to everything, but this is me and I'm showing up and messy and I'm engaging and I loved that it felt like a, a realistic like, relationship where you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that, that feels real. Like that feels like how relationships are, but it's messy. It's complicated. Yeah. There's crazy stuff.
2: There's cockfighting. Well, especially the the fact that they've known each other for so so long that it's like you can't even do that. You know, when you first start dating someone and you're just like the best version of yourself. You love everything they say. They're the funniest (laughs) person ever. You know, and then like you know, six months in, you're like, that's actually really annoying. I liked that where it was just like this is who we are this is where we're coming from you know there were those sweet moments where like her heart would beat fast or he would do something so kind or so sweet for her Mm -hmm. but they both were just like really normal it wasn't I, I hate in books when it's like everything is just like so romantic and you know everything and you're like that's not real life <laughs> yeah.
1: well even how the the author developed their relationship was really subtle you know like they didn't have this conversation or like oh we're gonna go yeah, on this date like he right. just kind of showed up and and maybe he like touched her accidentally a couple of times of her time. yeah. like, like oh he's just touching her arm now or you know like these little like there were just these little subtle signals that oh, there's something going on here. And even, even I think some of those start coming out even before you know their history, um, I if I remember right. And so you mm-hmm. it just built in a really kind of natural way, like where you could tell, oh, they're interested in each other without mm-hmm. them telling all of that or saying it out yeah. loud. It,
0: it was organic yeah. in that mm-hmm. way that it, it did feel like it was it was growing.
1: Yeah, and kind of built gradually with that. Well, and I, I kind so, of
0: like that it started out from almost that friend place where they yeah. would actually mm-hmm. talk about themselves yeah. rather than how they felt like they they talked about their interests you know mm-hmm. it would be like randomly showing different parts of yourself and there was one part where he's like so what is the job that you don't want me that you're hiding from me or that you don't want me to know that you did yeah and, and i love that that it was like that so what about you know what are the things that you're proud of but what are the things that, that you're kind of ashamed of as well like yeah coming as a yeah. whole person
1: i think that goes so well with some of those themes of identity too like because there's so many ways in which she's not showing up as a whole person in various areas of her life or trying to hold back things and it, it really I I think their relationship really helped pull that out in her in a way that was really good.
2: Yeah, I think that was one of the few things that was truly hers outside of her dad and her sister. You know, they were not really involved in it ever, even back when they were younger. And so I think that that allowed her even just the permission for herself to see like, oh, this is something that truly is dictated by me and not you know i mean hallie did know her know him but um and obviously her dad knew of him and everything but you know that it just felt like that was one of the first times and she's however old where that was hers and hers alone so i think that was really meaningful just to see like oh yeah you you always are gonna have your family or your history or where you come from but there are those breakthrough moments and where you get to kind of forge your own path and even yes. as awkward or shaky as it was. Yes. Or, you know. yeah.
0: Well it, it's almost like she's self-actualizing, where she's like combining all of the things, yes. like the piecemeal parts of herself yeah. into like a person. Where yeah. it's like she's trying to all of a sudden figure even those things out. And mm-hmm. and I I like that at the end, basically, it's her self-actualizing. She's been living so, such a piecemeal life where she's doing this thing for a moment. She's doing this thing. She's mm-hmm. being someone, someone's girlfriend, basically, you know, playing house. Like, all of these things that none of them was really fulfilling. And here she takes all those things that she's learned, combines them, and figures out who she wants to be and what she wants to do and where she wants that home to be. All of those things, identity, home, place, you know, her safe places, she's able to then combine that and it makes the end so satisfying, even if it's not pretty, like she's dealing with trauma, she's dealing with loss, Mm -hmm. but that for me was made it so hopeful because it's like, oh, someone else can do that. It it makes Mm -hmm. you, it reminds you, I think of just the hope of life. For, for me, as I read that, I was very hopeful as I finished it up because it, it really reminded me that there's that, that hope around the bend, like yeah. that hope of moving forward, of figuring out how to come back from grief, of, of how to take that step forward in your life. And I, I really love and appreciated those elements of the book in general.
1: I agree. In the back of the copy that I read, there was an interview with her where she talked about hope. And it was so mm-hmm. interesting because she was talking about it, kind of the differences between pessimism and optimism and, and hope and saying how how pessimism is like, we're going to have a horrible winter. No one's going to live. And optimism is like, oh, no, it's going to be fine. We're all going to be great. But hope is like, somebody might make it through the winter. So we're going to plant some <laughs> potatoes. so that they're I love some, that. Yeah. You know, like and it, and it feels like that kind of book. It feels like the kind of book that plants something, So you know, or yes. that kind of just gives you that. Like it doesn't try to sugarcoat anything, but it it gives you just that hope that there are still things worth fighting for and ways to live your life, even in the moment when you don't know, you know, even if you don't know like what you're here for or where you're going or that like big thing she's always searching for that she never finds in the book, but she finds this way that like, oh, it's not actually about that. It's about how we live each day and how we, you know.
0: I loved the, that theme of how we dream and how we hope. Is how basically based on how we live the day to day, like the boring ins and outs of this day when I get up and I have to do this and this and this. That's what we end up dreaming yeah. about and becoming. And I, I, I thought that was I mean, a profound one. And two,
2: it's like, oh, that's confronting. <laughs> yeah. Can I be a dork and read a quote? Of course, <laughs> please do. <laughs> Guys, I don't know if it translates, but it's really hard. It's like faded, but I mean, like I just have highlighted like this whole page, but it's in chapter 23 and it's one of the letters that Hallie writes. She says, you ask why I'm not afraid of loving and losing. And that's my answer. Wars and elections are both too big and too small to matter in the long run. The daily work that goes on, it adds up. It goes into the ground, into crops, into children's bellies and their bright eyes. Good things don't get lost. Cody, here's what I've decided. And this like might make me emotional. (laughs) The very least you can do in (laughs) your life is to figure out what you hope for. And the most you can do is live inside that hope, not admire it from a distance, but live right in it under its roof. And then there's a couple other paragraphs, but or sentence. And then she says, right now I'm living in that hope, running down its hallway and touching the walls on both sides. Mm -hmm. When I read that and I... (laughs) Like, told my roommate, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I come back to that so many times and just like tell myself, like, even Bethany, when you were saying that interview, which now I'm like, I need to read that. Uh (laughs) Like, it's one thing to say, I think we all could say, like, what we hope for and everything, but then to like live inside of that and work towards it is even that additional step that I think for me personally is so hard to remember to do that having hopes and dreams is not enough, but like, go ahead and live it and do it and really Mm. figure that out and run down that hallway. I just, oh,
1: it's such great (laughs) imagery too. It's so like,
2: yeah, and she even says like, hers is so simple, what she wants. She just wants, you know, like, it's such a big deal that she left and went to work for this, you know for the farmers and the crop people and all that stuff in a totally different area of the world that felt even bigger, I'm sure coming from such a small town, but she just says, she just wants elementary kindness enough to eat enough to go around. Mm -hmm. I mean, crazy, you know, but then, but then, you know, she see like people just say like, Oh my gosh, your sister went off to this wonderful thing, but really she's just fighting for what she hopes for, you know, and that, if you're sitting there not knowing what you hope for or not living it out, that yeah, it looks crazy or, you know, something that can't be done or something like that. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just like, no, I I love my (laughs) favorite. And and I think that elementary
0: kindness is so profound, even though it's Mm -hmm. so simple.
2: Yeah. And just that this was written many years ago, but yet it's still it still felt
1: so relevant
2: (laughs) absolutely what we need (laughs) it
0: felt like that on many levels as I was reading this book I'm like sometimes you imprint on a book and and Mm -hmm. this felt like I imprinted on it like I I read it I'm like this
1: book is for me and it's for (laughs) me right now like I was totally there Oh, well, that's probably as good a place as any to stop. Um, I mean, what more can you say after that? right? It's True. like, I live into every day, like find that elemental kindness
2: and yeah. whatever <laughs> that means in that day. Like, yes. Like, that's a good point. Like even in that day, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be your whole life, but like, what, could, what am I going to hope for today? Well, and then it makes it small enough so that it's,
1: yeah. it's doable. Well, I am so glad that you um, recommended this book and that you got us to read it. Yes. I really loved it. It's definitely one I will read again and come back to and recommend other people. Absolutely. beautiful. And I'm so excited and curious to read more by her now, too.
2: That's what I would definitely say is um, The Bean Trees is really good. And then (laughs) um, Pigs in Heaven is really good. That takes place in Oklahoma and it's on like an Indian reservation. And that was so interesting just because it's just Mm -hmm. such a different world than I'm familiar with. Yeah. She's just a beautiful writer. I mean, I could do a whole podcast just on the nuance (laughs) that she writes with. She's just (laughs) so beautiful. Well,
1: maybe we'll have to have you back again. That's exactly a new series. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Nuance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for it. Uh, yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. And we hope all of you listening enjoyed this conversation. We hope you go get this book, Animal Dreams. Yes. And read it, and tell us what you think about it. Um, we would love to hear. And if you did enjoy this, would you leave us a review? Because that helps other people find us. And yeah, thanks for being here. Keep reading. Keep writing. Keep putting your voice out in the world. <laughs> We're glad you're here. Yay. Okay. Thanks for having
2: me.